Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Short Track Talk. Before we start, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and spending their time on listening to a podcast every Friday. I really appreciate all the support and all the feedback I'm receiving so far. Now, let's jump on to our guest today. Today, we got a very special rider from Australia. She had a really good performance on a race not too long ago, on a very important race for her, which were the Commonwealth Games. She got a silver medal being only under 23 rider. She's been riding in the under 23 World Cup for Trek Shimano Australia and today we got a huge chance of having her here with us. So let me introduce you to Zoe Cutbird. Good morning Zoe, how are you doing? Good morning, it's great to be here, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, uh, very excited to do this interview today. How's the week been so far for you? I imagine hectic, chaotic, exciting. Yeah definitely, I'm definitely still riding the high Ofcom Games. Um, we got out of the village a few days ago and I'm now in Geneva staying with some friends but yeah it's been amazing and I guess it's just time to get back into training and get ready for Worlds in a few weeks. That's really good to hear, yes. I can imagine after the Com Games the Worlds are the big target for you this year so uh you definitely got a little bit of work to put in there and a little bit of practice now i'm going to put a little bit of research on what led to such a great result on the comp games so first of all uh what was it was it the race was it the atmosphere well was it writing for australia um yeah well i think it was everything it was my first major games and it was super cool to be part of a team i guess mountain bike riding is usually like an individual sport so to have like the rest of the Australian mountain bike riders helping me plan tactics and being out on course and also just having all the other Australians and seeing them like win medals and just the team environment was just so awesome I think that was probably a great help definitely having uh, leaders and having people to help you just on the on the ride uh, maybe helping you see some parts of the circuit and that sometimes you might have to see alone it's going to be a big difference and I was looking through your social media at that time I've been following you for a while now and I was I saw a video of you posting when you arrived to the Com Games uh, room it was filled up with literally everything you can imagine. So how was that moment going into the room? I'm finding clothing of all kinds and all sorts for you. Yeah, it was really overwhelming, actually. Like coming from Australia, mountain bike riding, there's generally not so much support. So to go and just have absolutely everything provided for me, like above and beyond was, yeah, it was eye-opening. Um, but yeah, it was super cool. It was an amazing experience. I saw the video and, and it was really cool. It had yeah. a lot of clothing. <laughs> It was fun. <laughs> and then uh, you started the race. Uh, you had uh, world-class riders such as Eva Richards or Isla Short. They are racing with you. And how was it seeing you on the start line with them? Yeah, it was super cool. I'm like a really big fan of all those girls, especially Evie. So it was like I had to contain my excitement and be like, focus on the race, don't get distracted. Um, and yeah, then the race started and yeah, it ended up going really well for me. But even just riding with them was an incredible experience. And like being able to say that I've raced Evie Richards, um, much to be able to stand on the podium with her. So yeah, it was truly incredible. Uh, so how was the race itself? How did you see it from inside? Yeah, so I knew that the race was going to be a lot longer than what I was used to because I've been racing World Cups, which are like just a bit over an hour. And this one was, I think an, it was over an hour and a half. So I knew I had to play a tactical game and having not so much experience, tactics is not my strong point. But I sat down and I talked to the rest of the Australian mountain bike team 
And some of them, like my team manager and Dan McConnell, have a lot of race experience. So we kind of talked about sitting on the wheel and not trying to go out too strong. And that's exactly what I did. It was really good to have the other two girls to sit with and ride behind and like follow their lines and get a little bit of a draft. Um, Yeah. And then there was a few points where they actually dropped me. And I was like really struggling to hold on. And I was in fourth for a while, which I think everyone back home saw as well. Um, But then, yeah, right near the end of the race, I just started feeling really strong. I attacked on one of the climbs because I wanted to be in front on one of the last technical sections. And we managed to get a bit of a gap. And then I just did the same thing the next lap. And then I found myself in second. Uh, yes, it was it was a really good race to see uh, for the, those that don't have the chance to watch it because uh, you could only watch it if you live in Australia or some of the com games uh, countries. Otherwise, it's it was blocked everywhere. I had to yeah. use a VPN. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say this in public because so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, so Evie started off really well, really strong. She just went off at the beginning. And then it was behind Evie, like with a bit of a 40 second gap, close to a minute. It was Zoe uh, with Isla Short, the Scottish writer, and Candice Lil, I believe, the South African. And it was like that for a few laps. And then, like Zoe said, she fell behind a bit. But then uh, she got strength. So it was it was a really good race. It was a really good race to see. And I'm really happy with your result. Uh, congratulations. And that truly must mean the world to you and a half. And now Ed, it's been this year. I believe it's been different compared to the last few years for you. Because uh, last few years, you haven't been able to get out of Australia, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time that I've been wanting to come over to Europe and race um, and with COVID that obviously was really hard the last two years so finally this year I got to come over and I had such high expectations of Europe and of racing and it's been like way better than I thought it could be <laughs> it's been amazing I don't want to go home but yeah it's yeah I think after struggling everyone struggled through COVID um, and after being stuck in Australia for so long like Australia is amazing but being able to watch everyone race overseas and seemingly continue as if COVID wasn't affecting them was so hard and then now I'm here and it's happening for me so it's great. I imagine it's it's been a big change and first of all how was it how was it being there and not being having to see them knowing that you could be there but you couldn't how was it mentally and where did you find the strength to keep training and keep working out and keep working hard? Yeah, it was really hard. And I know COVID affects everyone. So I guess that was a big thing. And knowing that a lot of the athletes, whilst they were over there racing, especially the Australian athletes, there was a lot of difficulties getting back with flights and with travel. Um, so yeah, I guess for me, I kind of focused on building up my skills. I took up dirt jumping and did a lot of enduro riding. And it actually, I think was really important for my riding to like do a bit of exploration, try things that I've never done. I started riding in skate parks and like do it, learning a little bit of slope style stuff. So it was actually, it was really good. Um, and it made me super motivated when this season came around. Uh, it must have been hard go you for getting over it and the mental strength it requires, especially. I believe it's it's the strongest part as you keep working out, you keep working and you're, you're only being able to race in Australia which has really good quality racing. It's like really good tracks, I imagine, but it's not the same thing as racing on the Worlds, obviously. I'm really happy that you're able to go back and race on the Worlds. Uh, now, taking a little bit of a jump back, I'm going to ask you, how do you get on a bike first? How was it? Yeah, so my mom used to, and actually my mom and my dad used to be elite rock climbers. Um, and the story starts in that my mom won a mountain bike in a rock climbing competition. 
And she kind of didn't do anything with it for a few years, but then she got a back injury and she started riding it a little bit. Uh, And then one of our family friends convinced her to enter a mountain bike race. So she's like, yeah, okay. And at the time I was pretty young. I think I was around seven. So she took me along and there was like this little kids race there. So she (laughs) put me in that. Um, And yeah, I loved it. I went in the race. I came last. I lost my chain. It was like pretty much a disaster but I had so much fun and I immediately was like mom you have to enter me in like the next race um and yeah from there she just kind of kept taking me to races and you know as soon as I was old enough to like do state races I'd do that and then like as soon as I could go to national rounds I did all of them and just going up and up and then she actually came over with me and my dad too at the start of this world cup season so it was very cool. So how was it uh, knowing where you started and then uh, this year seeing yourself with your parents on the World Cup start line? Yeah, it was super amazing. And actually, the really cool thing was my mom still rides. And in fact, her and my dad were like taking turns riding my bike, doing riding all the like World Cup circuits. She raced um, Masters Worlds in 2019. So yeah, it's like we've kind of all come together and like this sport is like now a big part of our life. That, that is such a good story to hear. Uh, mountain bike bringing the family together and making them do things together. It's, it's amazing. And now uh, taking a little look at your first debut actually in 2019 in the Worlds. Uh, Zoe was racing uh, only in Australia, but in 2019... She went out and, no, in 2018, sorry. She went out and raced first time in, in the Worlds, in the junior category. So how was that race? How was it getting out of Australia, uh, going to Lanterheide, I believe it was? Yeah. Yeah. And seeing yourself there with everybody, the atmosphere, the track, which I believe was probably different from what you were used to. The amount of riders too, because I believe it's a big change. Yeah, it was very mind-blowing like just seeing how big of a deal mountain bike riding was in Switzerland especially like hearing thousands of people chant Nino's name when he won that race was like I will never forget that and yeah it was it was just like I guess you grow up mountain bike riding and like a lot of my friends wouldn't really even know what it was they'd be like oh that's like a real sport I thought it was just like something you did for fun and then you go to Europe and you're like wow yes it is a real sport this is (laughs) so cool and like so many people love the same thing I do Uh, and then like racing and seeing that many girls on the start line was also incredible I think the whole time I was just like getting my mind blown I was like wow (laughs) Um, yeah another cool thing about that was I did the team relay as a junior uh, and they did a bit of an interesting strategy where they put me last so they put the slowest part last which meant that when we came in we were winning so I actually get to say that I raced Nino because technically it was in the team relay. He went past me. Very and no pressure, no pressure, right? No, yeah, yeah. Everyone in the crowd was like, don't look back, little girl, you got this. So yeah, it was awesome. And then uh, you got 20th uh, that year, uh, your world's position. And then you go on next year, like the following year, and you go fifth. Yeah. How, how do you yeah. cope with that? Yeah, well, I think the first year, I mean, I think it's always really hard to do well in your first international race because there's just so much to take in and so much to learn. And like, I'm still learning so many things and I've done like a season. Um, but yeah, Montsanan, I love that track so much. The technical side really suited me. Um, I'd been there for, I think, two or three weeks before because my mum was racing Masters, which was the week before. So 
I knew it really well. It was like a little bit wet and I'd practiced in those conditions. So just everything came together on the day. And yeah, I dug pretty deep. I remember at the time it was just like the hardest thing I'd ever done. Okay. Yes, uh, I can imagine. And clearly all the work and all the previous experience helped. And yes, it's it's crazy to think because many people think uh, junior races might be a little bit easier because you're younger. But it's uh, totally the other way because there's even more riders than in the actual World Cup. And there's people that have a lot of experience and there's people that don't have that, that much experience. So that causes like big changes and big difference levels. And being being fifth on a junior world championship, it's it's absolutely crazy and mind blowing. So it must must have been something for you. And how did you decide you wanted to ride the bike? Uh, we'll say professionally because you're on that way, slowly building up to riding, uh, hopefully in the Elite World Cup uh, sometime soon. Yeah, I don't know. There was never really a decision. It was just what I love to do. And it was just always what I was going to do. Like I was going to race and keep trying to do my best. And that means, you know, coming to Europe for half the year, which I love just on its own, like such an amazing experience. So yeah, no, it's just has always seemed like what I was going to do. Mm, well, that uh, is the natural way. So it's absolutely the best uh, not having to make any tough decisions or any difficult uh, choices. So that's great. And now uh, you go 2018 uh, under 23 Australian national champion. Then you go Oceanian champion in under 23 category. And then 2022, you decide to race an elite and you go second after I think some people might know her. Uh, some girl called Rebecca McConnell that I believe she won a couple of World Cups uh, this year. No biggie. So how is that? Yeah, it was super cool. Like at that time, there wasn't really any international racing. So they were like the big major races that you'd train all year for and stuff. Yeah, the one where I raced elite for the first time, it was a super wet race. It had rained and I was super underprepared. Like I'd never raced in the rain at all. It was like I was trying to ride and I had almost forgotten how to ride my bike. I had no idea. I hadn't even heard of mud tires at that time because we just never race in the rain in Australia. Um, so that was definitely an interesting experience. Um, I think everyone struggled in that race, but it was certainly a way to start racing elite. Um, and yeah, racing back is just so awesome. Like we don't have tons of people in Australia, especially compared to Europe, but at least we have the quality there. And to be able to like see Beck win a World Cup and be like, wow, like I've lined up on a start line next to her. And like, I know her, like she comes from Canberra and to follow her progress has just been yeah, really cool. And I think really inspiring for like young women in Australia or probably everyone in Australia. I'd say even everyone in the world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> such a good writer. So inspiring, definitely. And seeing her put the work and sometimes it was sold. Don't show the work you put in. And sometimes they do like it was this year with her having an amazing year. And uh, this year must have been a bit overwhelming for you because uh, December, was it? Uh, when were the national champions? December or January? Uh, January. January. So you were on January on the start line with Beck. And then you see yourself uh, last week with Evie Richards, I believe, probably two icons for you and two people you, the, the ones you picture when, when you want to say, who do you want to be like? And you go, this one. Yeah. So how is it uh, being with them, being able to meet them and even being able to exchange some words with them? Yeah, it was cool. Like people always say, like, don't meet your idols. They'll let you down. But that's not at all the case. They're all so amazing and so welcoming and friendly and just really want to, you know, show people the sport and get people involved. So, yeah, it's been it's just been I have so much more respect for them. And I had a lot of respect for them before. <laughs> 
Uh, that's great. I- I'm jealous. I wish I wish I could meet uh, those kind of writers at the at the level. It's truly amazing. And this year, after the nationals, you go and you start racing back on the under twenty three World Cup with no experience. First year, you're twenty one, still got two years to go, so plenty of time. <laughs> How was it uh, that first race on the start line, seeing yeah. yourself that you were finally actually there? You know, I always thought that I'd just be like uncontrollably nervous at my first World Cup, but I think it was just all the work to get there. And then finally being there, it was more just like excited. Like I was like, yeah, I'm here. I get to start. And like, you know, on the start line that it's about to be like an hour of just like pain and suffering. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it's just super cool. And like, I love racing people so to have like 80 other people in your race is like perfect um and yeah no it was it was a really good race it was like definitely a lot of learning and trying to get used to having that many people around you that like you slow down just a tiny bit and suddenly five people have gone past was yeah a big a big thing to learn but yes yeah, it, it was good it must have been a big change and uh, let's say some people when they start on the under 23 world cup they may maybe go top of top 50 top 60 on the first race it's it's what's normal uh to having such, such a big change and you go your first race hub start you go 17 top 20 in the world how does that feel yeah it was pretty cool i was so excited i got selected for drug testing as a random one and like i was in the drug testing room with um like the girls who had won it and I was like calling my coach and my family and I was so excited and they were all looking at me they're like oh what are you doing but yeah I was just over the moon and then the really cool thing is like you race and you get all this excitement and then you get to do it again in a week so it's not like you race and then it's like oh but it's over now it's like no there's another one <laughs> oh good <laughs> uh, so before we, we keep talking about the world cup I've got to ask how do people react when they see someone excited for getting drug tested (laughs) yeah yeah I think they're a bit confused they were like didn't speak super great English or and I mean I didn't speak any of their languages um so I was like trying to communicate and they were like oh like are you okay and I was like yeah yeah (laughs) good (laughs) Uh, saying you're okay with a big fat smile on your face like I'm totally fine yeah (laughs) and then after Abstad, you go next week, uh, following week, maybe Mesto, ninth, top 10 in the world. <laughs> how yeah. I, I imagine, like, uh, the previous week must have been excited, but how was that one? Yeah, like, I cried at the end. I'm, I mean, I cry at the end of a lot of World Cups, it turns out. Um, it's just, it's very emotional. But yeah, that was, that was super amazing. Um, yeah, like, top 10 was like a goal. I hadn't really set it to myself because I, I don't like to set result goals in case mm-hmm. it makes me you know it like makes it harder to achieve but that's like something I kind of like secretly really wanted to do so to do it on the second world cup is like hell yeah it's great and now it seems you've settled uh, around the top 10 in the world which is crazy because then you went to uh Haida, you go ninth and you've you've, you've actually you're a settled writer now in the top 10 on the 23 world cup which is crazy uh the level you've got right now it's it's amazing and seeing how you're doing you're probably progressing towards something maybe better and what would be your What's your main objective this year? Was it the Calm Games? Is it the Worlds? Or was it the World Cup in general? Or did, didn't you have any? Was it just to have fun and enjoy to finally being able to ride on the World Cup? Yeah, pretty much. It was like just like getting selected for Calm Games, like not even the race, just getting selected was um, a goal. So that was super awesome when I found out about that. But mostly just like, you know, get to Europe, race the World Cups, get that experience, see what it's like. Uh, and then, you know, 
honestly, like maybe be more serious next year, but probably not just keep <laughs> it. like that's what I'm here for. Absolutely. It's, it's something, uh, if you take it that way, it's probably the best way to take it instead of settling maybe sometimes difficult goals that are hard to achieve and you don't end up achieving them and it just makes, makes it worse. So the best, best approach to take it is it's your way. Absolutely. Now, uh, leaving uh, mountain bike a little bit aside, what is it you enjoy to do in general when you got time, which I imagine you don't have much due to walk up racing and traveling, but uh, there's got to be some time you got to <laughs> do something on, of your own. Yeah, well, I'm actually studying and working as a graphic designer. Um, yeah, so I study design at the Australian National University. So I love all things kind of creative and art. I do a lot of um, like glass work, like hot glass. Okay. And then I'm also working as a graphic designer, which is a really good job for someone who travels a lot because you can kind of do it all remotely on your computer. So yeah, I love doing that too. So oh, you're not only writing on the under 23 World Cup, you're also working and studying at the same time. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> yes. Well, I got to support myself somehow. Um, yes. I do tend to take on a lot of work, but it's good. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, absolutely. And it's definitely something admirable. I had Filippo Colombo last week uh, letting us know that he was he had finally finished a degree in economics. And now you're here telling me uh, you're studying graphic design in the Australian National University. It's something uh, many people should know about and something many people should follow because uh, seeing the level you're in and the amount of work you put in to get there. But not only that, but you're also getting yourself ready for maybe to do something you enjoy to in the future. It's, it's admirable. It's crazy the amount of work you put in and it's definitely something more people should know about. And how is it for you coping with studying and training, for example? Yeah, like it can definitely get stressful, but I actually think it really helps me because it gives you something outside of riding. Because then if you have a bad result and like all you're doing is riding and that's your job and your life, then it's like such a big deal whereas if I have a bad result then I can be like yeah that really sucks but like I still have all these other things that I can fall back on and like I can have a bad day riding but like a good day doing my design work or vice versa and I think having both of that allows me to have the attitude of coming to races that is allows me to have the attitude of coming to races where I can just kind of enjoy myself more uh, and it's a bit less pressure myself and how is it you said you were studying on the australian national university uh how is it do you do half the year studying there and then when you're traveling do you do it online or are you taking one semester at a time yeah so the uni's been really good the semester falls like pretty much opposite or like half the semester i'm in australia and then half i'm away in europe so it's not the best timing but they've just this year they've just given me a six-month extension on all my projects and assignments so I just have like no deadlines whilst I'm away I just got to get them done in six months so that's been really good to take the stress off and just kind of get it whenever I have any spare time well that's actually nice from them and also really admirable too that they appreciate all the work you're putting in for the mountain bike riding and they allow you to actually be able uh, to have both things at a time because if not you might have had to quit studying so that's great and then besides working and studying now and uh, the work with glass uh, what is it you enjoy uh, doing besides from maybe doing uh, the graphic design part like when you go out with friends what is it you like uh, do you like to go bowling maybe or going for hikes or yeah I really love anything outdoors like my whole family 
is super into the outdoors. My sister used to be an elite orienteer. Like I said, my parents were rock climbers. So, you know, anything like hiking, camping, um, like pack rafting. I just love being outside and doing adventures. And how is it? With all the traveling, because uh, you said uh, you spent half of the year in Australia, half of the year in Europe. How is it being able to cope with all all that, all the stress that traveling requires? Uh, now you didn't go to North to the North American World Cups, but you're still traveling all around Europe constantly to be able to get to the World Cups and to keep on training and keep selling down. Well, you don't actually settle down. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, you you're a bit everywhere. How is it uh, coping with that? Yeah, so far I've been okay with it I thought that I would get really homesick um but at the moment like everyone's been super welcoming at the moment um we're staying with someone who was from Canberra and then moved to Switzerland and they just messaged me on Instagram was like you're most welcome to stay with us um so that you have some ACOM so like it's hard but everyone is so supportive of all the cyclists and there are a lot of Australian mountain bike riders over here so yeah it's like you kind of you make friends and you get in the rhythm of traveling and it kind of works out okay just sometimes there's a few unexpected stresses that come up but we work around it all it's amazing yes it usually happens that sometimes we're just out of your control or something happened or maybe you go to races you were really ready for and then you got you get a mechanical and you're out of the race and it's not ideal but it's something mm. it's something you know can happen it's something you gotta live with at the end now before you got uh the worlds in three weeks a little bit more are you going to race anything more before that yeah i think we'll do a race in france this weekend just try and collect some points because missing the two World Cups in North America would mean that I've like got a bit behind on the points. Um, and yeah, it's always, you know, good to get racing experience. Definitely you can end up racing a lot in Europe and just constantly racing. So I think that's something to like be mindful of that you got to do training blocks. But I think with this race, I'll just see it as a training block and then it also just happens to be a race. <laughs> yeah, so it just precedently uh, just happens to be a race, yeah. Uh, lastly, How are you preparing for the Worlds? First on the 23 World Championships, how are you feeling about that? Because racing in the World Cup, it's already tense and it gets on your nerves, gets anxious. But racing in an actual World Championship in an upper category from what you've raced before, because uh, like I said before, you've raced two times in the world, but in the junior ones. So how is it? How are you getting ready for it? Or how are you doing preparing mentally and physically? Yeah, well, I guess it's just like, any other race when you come down to it like you want to be on your best form so you do your best preparation um and yeah it does happen to be world champs but like there's you know the world cups are pretty big too so i guess it's just maybe a little bit more emphasis on making sure that this is the race that the training has been prepared for but yeah i'd say it's pretty similar to all the other races really well, it's just one more race absolutely that's that's how you got to take it and leave the work uh, you put in so far it's going to settle in and You're going to have one of those days where everything just fits in and you go off. And after the Worlds, are you going to go back to Australia? Or are you going to stay here for a while training and maybe doing some races? Yeah, so I'm going to do the last World Cup and then I'm going to do the last two Enduro World Series rounds before I head back to Australia. So that'll be a bit of a fun way to end, end the trip. Absolutely. Uh, is it? something you've done before the Enduro, Enduro World Series? No, I've never done one. They were supposed to have two in Australia at the start of the season, but they got postponed. Um, so I was really sad. But yeah, no, it's I'm really excited. I've been to one before and watched, and it just seems like a great atmosphere and, you know, great tracks, a good day out. So 
yeah, I'm keen to see how I go. Well, I think it definitely uh, helps a lot of writers to be able to actually be absorb some different disciplines. It helps technically and also mentally to not only have the World Cups, but also raising in the Enduro World Series. It's so different. It's it's really good. You get to race in that, actually. Uh, you got a similar example, same categories as you. You got Hattie Harden from the Track Factory Racing doing also cross country and then other World Series, which she just won yesterday, actually, with Ruth. And I got to ask, uh, but how are you doing uh, mentally with all the races and all the stuff and all the anxiety it brings with all the traveling? Yeah, no, I'm actually doing really well. I struggled with mental health as a child, like as a teenager, um, and especially through COVID, I really struggled. But actually, no, it's I think it's been my best mental health health yet traveling and racing in Europe I guess it's just doing what I love um and yeah it's been really good for my mental health I'm really glad it's people sometimes don't realize how much of a role it plays but I believe it's something really important and more people should put a focus point on because I believe it really does make a difference from being on a good mental health state and being on maybe not such a good one especially when raising uh like you said for you uh it's helping so it's it's a clear example that being and you're getting the results. So being in a on a good position, it definitely helps. Okay. I just think it's it's really important to talk about, um, and especially a lot of the juniors don't realize that it's not something that just they're dealing with. Like everyone deals with it, um, and to have an open conversation about it, I think is really important. Absolutely, uh, you're definitely an example of all of this and everything else. Really, <laughs> actually answering the question, it, it's not something. Uh, some people feel comfortable doing and saying so uh, it's admiring that you actually uh, able to go ahead and just answer it in public and saying that you've actually struggled which some people don't never recognize uh, how was it uh, first of all racing for Treximan Australia when you started getting the results how is it racing now for them uh, you're in the world cup do you have the all the support uh, you need and are they able to provide it yeah like it's it's an amazing team and I really love the team environment that we have and the support in Australia is super good. Um, they're actually coming over for world. So that would be super awesome to have. Uh, but next to some of the, like the big international teams or even just a lot of the teams from Europe, it's just really hard for Australians to get support. Um, and there's only so much that an Australian team can do for me. That's like, they're doing everything they absolutely can, but there's still limits that they have. Um, but yeah, I think I've been really lucky to kind of grow up as a rider with them and, it's been a team that has always been so supportive and so high-end, but with no pressure on the riders. And I think it really allows people to do well and become a better rider and a better person in a really friendly environment. I absolutely agree with that. I think that putting no pressure on the riders and just letting them be, it's what helps them to actually outperform from what the expectations might be sometimes if there are any, which are uh, not forcefully. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's really good to hear. And of course, I'm sure they do uh, everything they can, but traveling from Australia back and forth, it's it's not easy, <laughs> we'll put it that way. And uh, have you considered uh, moving, for example, uh, to full-time Europe? Have you, have you considered moving to Europe for the races and the preparation and instead of coming back and forth every six months or seven? Yeah, um, I think... It would be hard for me. I mean, I haven't spent a winter in Europe, but from what I hear, it snows a lot. It gets very cold. So I do I do like the idea of having an internal summer. Like I'll just go back to Australia and whilst everyone is going into winter in the cold, 
you know, will be sunny. I can go to the beach, you know, I'm going to learn to surf this summer. And I can, you know, it's like our mountain bike season is starting back home. So we're going to have all the races and all the events, whether it's kind of starting to taper off in Europe. So I think it will work well for me to be able to travel between both of them. That's, yes, uh, that's probably the best way to do it. And also like that, you get to spend some time at home and some time with your family and friends, which otherwise it would probably be uh, quite difficult. And uh, now uh, getting it a little bit back on studying and talking a little bit about it, because I believe it's something really important and something uh, more people should know about how you do it. How did you decide to do both things at the time? Because when you take the decision, was it uh, probably 2019? Uh, so when you make the decision, you got to consider all the time it's going to take from you. So how do you decide, hey, I want to race in the World Cup, but I also want to do this, which I believe it's really important. Yeah, well, I guess I always wanted to have something outside of riding. Um, so studying, I, I really enjoy studying and I really enjoy the uni course it gives you a lot of room to kind of explore different methods of design um, and like I guess be more experimental than if you went straight into the workforce so I like I genuinely love studying and it's something that I like it sounds kind of lame but like I would do it for fun um, and like I really look forward to doing my assignments and I get really involved in them so I guess that was kind of made it easy because I was like, if I can do both, then I definitely want to. And then it was just trying to work out how to do both and how to balance it. And yeah, the uni's just been so supportive and so good of this writing that they've just let me, you know, do things like get really long deadlines on things and like really minimize the load. So I'm part-time, which means that it is actually manageable. And why do you say to take graphic design? Because it definitely requires a really creative part, but it also requires to put in a lot of work because some people don't realize that to actually uh, finish up uh, the work you're doing or finish up a project, it requires a lot of hours and a lot of changes and a lot of developing. So what was it that attracted you from that? Yeah, well, I think I really like the creative side, but I struggle with just the like pure creativity of art where there's design, you're kind of, you're creating to a brief. So you're trying to get something for someone else. So there's like kind of limitations that you have to do. It's almost like a puzzle, like trying to fit together how to do it. And then I also like, there's just so much, like you can do everything from like coding and web design to like making logos and like doing like graphic prints. There's just, it seems like it's a really growing industry, like especially looking into the like virtual reality and augmented reality. So there's always something new to try as well as all the old methods. So there's just, there's just so much you can do. And what is it you like best? Um, I think I like doing everything. Like I, yeah, I like it when I have a project that involves doing like you know, a, like a branding project where you do like the websites, but you also do the logo and like some of the marketing strategy. I think that's probably my favorite. Uh, I find it really interesting graphic design and it's definitely a big part of the world now with uh, social media and all the new tech uh, building up. And it's definitely something that's going to keep evolving, like you said, and it's going to keep you from falling into a routine, if you can call it like that, because that's what happens with many jobs. And now wrapping it up a bit, I uh, would like to thank you for coming to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed interviewing you, uh, finding out a lot of stuff that many people might not know. And is there something you'd like to say before uh, we finish? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, yeah, you have asked such great questions um, and you have obviously done so much research. So thank you for having me on. Uh, no, it, it was absolutely my pleasure.
And now uh, to finish up with the podcast, I would like you to give me a song to put at the end. It can be something relaxing or something you enjoy or something you used to work out. I don't really mind at all. Oh, okay. So Sail Away by Enya. The Sail Storm. Away. Yeah, it's my, my go-to pump-up song, but that probably won't make sense when you listen to it. But the story is that at work, we used to wake up. I also work as a, sorry, side note, I also work as a trail builder. Um, and we used to wake up at like 6am to work every day and they would play this song to wake us up. So now it like gets me going. Yeah. It works. It's, it's definitely, I'll, I'll put that on. So I will leave everybody with Sail Away from Senyo. Uh, thanks again, Zoe. And best of luck on the Worlds and the World Cup and everything in life in general. Okay, thank you.